Hey there, this is Dan Delta Collins. You're listening to Wandering DMs. Wandering DMs is broadcast live every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time on twitch.tv slash wanderingdms and also youtube.com slash wanderingdms. And now, we hope you enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to Wandering DMs. I'm Paul. And I'm Dan. And on this episode of Wandering DMs, we're going to be talking about 1D&D, which is the code word for what I think we would want to call 6th edition. And that was recently announced and uh, it's undergoing playtesting by Wizards of the Coast. So today we're going to analyze this new release from an old schooler's perspective and answer the question, is it a threat or is it a menace? All that and more today on Wandering <laughs> DMs. Those huh? are the only two options, huh? Those are the only what if two it's revolutionary, options. Revolutionary, Dan. What if it's what if it's you know the next best thing? Possible. Yeah, the next right? best thing to old school, probably. Mm. Anyway, you know, mm. but uh, so I, I kid, right? I, I kid because I love Paul. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. We, you know, we we've always uh, committed. We we talk, you know, mostly about old school stuff here, but we've always committed to uh, you know talking about all the different editions. And yep. uh, I think you and I both agree we want more people playing D&D. So we would like a, an addition that gets more people into the hobby so we can play with them, frankly. And that's for sure. I think that's our, our primary motivation, right? Yep. Yep. And, and I think you and I would agree that like the additions have for us uh, appealed or not appealed. Tastes change, right? Everybody's got a different opinion and that's fine. And we respect that. Um, and that frankly... Um, you know, there was probably a time in the not so distant past when you and I were much more adamant about old is best and uh, the new stuff is terrible. And possibly fifth edition actually helped that, right? Like, I think fifth edition, we well, both felt was like, that's a that's an improvement. That's they're going in the right direction now. <clears throat> well put that that very well yeah. put. Yeah, uh, we, we definitely um, we, we 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 definitely played all the different editions. Um, yep. And we're perfectly happy to sit down if someone wants to run a game for basically whatever. Uh, but yeah, we there was a there were there were some dark years before fifth edition, and I thought I would never play. Honestly, I thought I would never play branded D and D again. And fifth edition yeah. made that possible. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not it's not all doom and gloom, but uh, but yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. Right. So so how how did this get? Dan, you were a little more on top of this. I think uh, you're the one who's proposing to me that we that we get this topic out there uh, quickly. How how did you become aware of it? Well, uh, uh, th thanks to our viewers on our Discord server, actually uh, popped up, and frankly, our um, who I'm referring to is our chief aide de camp, uh, Bacquias. I think was the one that put it on our Discord server uh, the other week. So I think it was just like last Friday. I think it was like a week ago Friday. It came up. And big thanks, as usual, to Bacquias for uh, hand, for moderating the chat that's happening right now, uh, mm -hmm. confirming that we're online and telling me about one D and D actually. So it's kind of weird. That seems different, doesn't it? Right. That seems that seems a change for me because, of course, for, for me, the big anecdote is always the the grand reveal of Fourth Edition at Gen Con that I was present right. for, where they made right. a like a big show and a big display out of it. This feels like. I mean, yes, it's a product announcement, and yes, they are certainly trying to promote it. But and maybe it's just a sign of the times. Maybe just because these days, uh, you know, thanks to the pandemic and uh, and et cetera, there's less uh, opportunity for like big grand gestures in public, and more they're just going to announce a thing online. But that seems that seems well, that's a good point. 
Yeah, I mean, the other thing that we were wondering how much we were going to dig into is, of course, um, uh, Wizards uh, fairly recently acquired uh, D&D Beyond, right? The digital mm. support system. And yep. so part of what they're talking about is clearly to more closely fold that in and make it very integral to the whole experience of D&D. And this announcement is on D&D Beyond, for what it's worth. Um, I've got that a link in the YouTube description right now. So if you want to see this announcement and the beginning of the draft rules, you will go to dndbeyond.com slash one dash dnd. Um, and maybe that's maybe that maybe they want to get more eyeballs on DD Beyond, maybe. You know, that's that's fascinating. I think I mean, I think Wizards acquiring DD Beyond seems like a, a surprise to no one, right? Like clearly they would want that product under their under their masthead. Um that's uh uh they've wanted a digital you know, branch for a while, ever since the third edition books came with a CD in the back. Um, yep. It's very clever to kind of let the, um, you know, let the the community invent that for them and then just embrace and acquire it, right? Rather than try to force it from the top down, I think is very clever. Here, here um, is the third edition. Here is my third edition book. And I just grabbed the CD out of, and they have been working on this for low these many years. Right. No, it's it's you know I want to bring up though that it's that it's way more than just acquiring and embracing D and D Beyond, right? Uh, as as uh, Eric points out in our chat, they also announced a new VTT, and specifically, it's being built on top of Unreal Engine, which mm -hmm. which you and I certainly, I mean, frankly, I work in Unreal Engine every day in my day job as a video game developer, so that's fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Um, so crazy. Uh, Remind me again, Unreal. Un, the, the, if you're coding on Unreal, uh, the language is what again? Just for my own purposes. C plus plus, which is of course what I actually teach in my uh, my professorial job. Actually, no, so. no, no. There's actually a fair amount as well of blueprint coding now, which mm -hmm. is a visual coding with uh, you know two dimensional graph of nodes that you're dragging and dropping around, which is actually you can do quite a lot with, frankly. And I've seen whole games built using just that. Um, nice. so, uh, usually it's a balance of those two things, that kind of visual scripting and on top of essentially C++ code. Cool. Cool. I'm, I mean, this is total tangent and I apologize for this, but I'm always on the lookout for things that I can pitch to my students that come in and go, somebody told me that C++ is very old and nobody uses it anymore. So if I can come in next week and go, here's a new, here's a new thing you might be interested in to know C++ about, uh, but yep. enough about yep. that. So, yep. um, yep. so yes. <laughs> Do, do you think that with the, with the virtual tabletop, do, do you think they're just trying to try to scoop all the other virtual tabletops out of existence? It, it feels very much to me like the streaming TV wars that are going on. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's that when I the, the most I was playing online D and D. Let's let's just be clear. I think it's 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 clever and and correct and imperative that they embrace online play. Right, like that's that. Yeah. I think online play is a thing that is here to stay, and people want it, um, regardless of what happens with, uh, you know, a pandemic opening things up or not. Um, I think some number of people are always going to want to play online, <clears throat> and why not? Um, so the interesting thing I think is um, uh, the, the virtual tabletop. So when I was playing D and D Fifth Edition online, we were using Roll Twenty. And specifically, someone built a bridge between D&D Beyond and Roll20, a nice plugin that allowed you to have D&D Beyond open and then, you know, just streamlined 
the integration between the two. So I can go into my D&D Beyond character sheet. I could hit, you know, roll this ability check or, or this attack roll, and the results will get piped straight through to roll 20. So, hmm, interesting here that Wizards decide to acquire D&D Beyond, but they're not acquiring roll 20, right? They're now going to compete right. with roll 20. Right, right. And we've certainly and seen uh, statistics at roll 20 uh, that the vast, uh, no, no huge surprise that Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition is the 800 pound gorilla and like, I don't know, 80% of all games on roll 20 are in that particular rule set actually. So uh, that if I, if, if I were roll 20, I would feel very nervous right this moment, actually. I don't know, I, that, would, that would make me feel very, very anxious. Um, so that'll be, those are interesting days ahead. VTTs. Yeah, yeah, I will be. I'll be curious to see how that product rolls out. Um, yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, and I'll be curious to see how they present it and how they package it. Right? How do they sell the books? Is it always with an online component? Right? Is it is it always with a license or is there print? Do I have to worry about buying the print books for my in person games versus buying you know licenses for digital media when I'm playing online? Hopefully, they'll figure that out. Yeah, I think in the in the video that they have up on uh, Dean Beyond introducing it, right? There's a there's a moment where they talk about VTTs, and I think they say something like, "We've been wanting to be able to offer package deals of print plus digital for quite some time, and this is going to allow us to do that." So it's at least on the table as an option that they want to offer. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be that'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit, though. Let's talk a little bit about the branding here, because I think that's probably the thing yeah. that everyone yeah. is going like, to want to poke the most fun at. One D&D? Yeah. yeah. Eh? What do you think so about I, that? Yeah. So, the, the, okay. So, so number one, and I, I have a, I, I, I'm going to try to not be too inflammatory here. Uh, <laughs> and, and, then, and then later I will fail. <laughs> <laughs> But so the, the, the first thing is that the, 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 the attempt here is, seems to me like just an absolute carbon copy of what they did with 5th edition exactly 10 years ago, right? So mm -hmm. in 2012, also, exactly 10 years ago- Also known back then as D&D Next. Right, right. They said <laughs> almost, the almost identical, identical stuff um, mm -hmm. 10 years ago about uh, A, we don't want to call it fifth edition. We don't want a numbered edition. We want something else and we want to call it D&D Next. Um, and B, the fact that they wanted uh, this to be the universal edition, that, that everybody was going to play this edition and recognize it and be able to participate. Um, and we have, let me, let me, um, uh, so, and I, I posted a little bit about this on my blog actually last week because I dug up some, um, interviews uh, that they did 10 years ago. And then we can compare that to the video uh, with Chris Perkins talking the video that was released last week, actually. What, what would be, what, what should we look at first? Should we look at the old, the old news or the new video, Paul? What would be more interesting next? Uh, I, didn't, I don't know that we need to look at the old, the old news, do you mean around, around the announce of fifth edition? I do. Yeah, I actually yeah. do kind of want to, let, let's look at the video first. Let's look, let's at, look the at the video, video first yeah. and I'll compare to what they said 10 years ago. By listening to the fans. And what came out of that process was a system that is stable, that is well-loved, that incorporates the best elements of earlier editions. Now that we have that, we are no longer in the position where we think of D&D as an edition. It's just D&D. 
So that's Chris Perkins there talking in their in their middle of their promotional video. And if I go back, I think there's at least a couple of things we could unpack there. If I go back uh, 10 years, um, there was uh, there was an article on IGN initially that said they have stated that the next the next edition would not be called fifth edition, though they have not yet stated what they will call it, simply referring to it as D&D Next. And the other thing is um, actually got quite a bit of press on Forbes. Uh, at that time, is it said, um, uh, Wizards has set an ambitious goal to create, with the help of their fans, a universal rule set which unifies all players under one single system. Uh, and there's a quote, we're focusing on what pe gets people excited about D&D and making sure we have a game that encompasses all different styles, said Mike Merle's uh, group manager for D&D research and development at the time. And I mean, isn't that exactly what, I mean, I, clearly it didn't work because they, they had to submit and call it fifth edition. We know it's a I, numbered edition. It's just going to happen again, I think, right? We will call this sixth. Surely we're going to call this sixth. Everyone's going to call it that. The thing is, it makes sense to me that as a, as a corporate entity that Wizards wants everyone to play the newest version, right? Like, of course they want everyone to play the newest version. That's the stuff that they're selling, right? They're not making a lot of money off of old editions. They want everyone playing the newest. And so, of course, they want to blur the line around the idea that there even is such a thing as old editions, right? They want, Don't worry about the old editions. Ignore the man behind the curtain. Just buy the latest let me throw, and you'll be fine. Let me, let me throw up a, 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 an insightful comment from, uh, from Hobo Ogre here. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, so Hobo asked, uh, what can anyone do with the rules in this regard? Modularize every rule mechanic and label them all as optional? And that, you know, 10 years ago, that is exactly what Merles was claiming. They're actually, in interviews, he was actually saying Merles has been aggressive about promoting the new rules modularity, which should allow players to plug in or drop out rules to match whatever their preferred playstyle is for any edition. And that's, right. it's... You, that seems like a crazy. I mean, I'm just amazed they're they're, they're claiming that they're going to try again. I, I'm not entirely yeah. sure whether this is just marketing fluff or whether they actually sincerely are going to take another crack at that. But I'm, I think I am per agog that they think they're going to try that again. I th I feel like you can't. I can't blame a marketing team for trying it. Like it seems any marketing team I think is going to want to do this. What's What's odd is that they're able to you know, drown out any naysayers and say, yep, we're definitely doing this. Because, like, well, let's look at the inverse. Why Why put numbers on it? Why do you want different edition numbers? And I think the answer is because you're going to go meet up with people, maybe go to a convention, whatever, and you're going to sit down at the table and you're going to ask, what are you playing? What edition are you playing? And Wizards of the Coast would rather that not be a question. They don't want you asking that question because they don't want anyone to play any of the old editions ever. Okay, so I'm I, I'm glad I, I I'm glad that I didn't have to say that horrible thing, Paul. Thank, thank, <laughs> thank you, thank you for helping me out here because I this is the thing that I'm gonna I will actually highly critique. I am astonished at the I mean, and they 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 sort of say this is just the code name for what's going to come next, but the name One D and D could not be worse for the the, the context of old school gaming. Calling it one D and D, and I I am not a big conspiracy theory guy, but the, I I cannot help but notice it manages to have a name collision, and people on our Discord server pointed this out before it came to me actually. 
It has a name collision with both first edition. You've got one D&D that's going to, in, in Google search, is going to be colliding with first edition. And it has an acronym collision with OD&D, with original mm. D&D, right? It manages to actually collide with both. And boy, it's such a laser-guided missile right at the heart of uh, original and AD&D that I, it, I, 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 it, it's, it's hard for me to think that that wasn't intentional. And I, I personally really hope that that goes down in flames and, it, yeah. and that they do actually switch to sixth edition because um, it, it really seems like there's an amazing conflict there and just general schadenfreude at this point. Um, I really want that one D&D name to get to go down in flames. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, this, this seems like the classic trope of the DM who makes a name that they think for an NPC that they think sounds cool, maybe don't think to say it out loud. And then when they say it out loud, <laughs> the whole table laughs. And they all start calling the NPC something else. This happened, frankly, uh, in my job uh, when I was working on an MMO. And uh, there was a designer who wanted to name a region. Uh, he wanted it to have a kind of ancient feel, but it was also inhabited by giants. And so uh, he took the word Titan and tried to make it more, um, make it more Latin-y. So he put U.S. at the end, and, and it was Titanus or tight anus as it looked right the rest of us <laughs> <laughs> and he got laughed at to the point where he had to rename the region right so right. you know eh. <laughs> this is eh, a spicy episode of wandering dms day i gotta point out that's great yeah yeah, yeah. so <laughs> i i think I, I can't blame him for trying i don't think it'll stick i think it will be sixth edition before you know it I, and I hope inevitably, so. I hope so. Inevitably, someone's going to come up with a nice, nice dragony logo with the number six in it, and they're and they're and and someone at Wizards yeah. going to get really jealous about that, yeah. and they're going to be like, put this on everything. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then, yeah, I mean, actually, go. that's right there. I mean, it's actually very similar to the the ampersand that's on your mug right there. As a matter of fact, right? It's Taylor. It's Taylor made the little six little yeah, dragon yeah, head. Yeah, you're going to get a little six in there. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's going to happen. That's totally right. going to happen. This, that's, that's just just make the call and move on. Don't 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 yeah. take away our stuff, man. Oh, you, you got... So that's 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 my top. When yeah. I realized the other day that there's an acronym collision with OD and D, I became I became very anxious. As a matter of fact, that would be, that well, would be pretty bad. Let me let me stop. Let, let me say on, this. On. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was gonna, I was going to say let's let's move on. Let's let's stop bagging on wizards yeah, yeah. for a moment here. And let me yeah. let me talk about things they're doing right. Right. By comparison. Yeah. Right. Because, uh, frankly, I remember back when fourth edition was announced and it was very much a, like, this is the new stuff. You will use this stuff. Screw the old stuff. We're right. You're wrong. Do yeah. it this way. Um, yeah. And I feel like it went over like a lead balloon. And then I feel like when fifth edition came out, they said, let's go easily this time. Let's go careful. We'll leak some info about it. We'll run some play tests. Everyone will see it coming for a long time. Right. And now. Again, they're talking about releasing this in 2024, right? That's that's when mm -hmm. this new edition is coming out. Very cleverly, and the 50th anniversary of D&D, well done. Yes, of course, you should time it for that. And yeah, I've got two or at least a year and a half to see it coming. Great. Great. i got Agreed. a lot of time to get used to it. And they're doing what they did with 5th, which I think is very clever, of... They're releasing bits. They're releasing playtest bits of like, take your fifth edition game and add this stuff in, and you're kind of playing a quasi approximation of what the new game's going to be like. Tell us what you like, what you didn't like, right? They're beta testing it. Like, 
I mean, that's yeah. it's worked for video games for ages. I don't see why not. Yeah. And I think that I, I do agree with Perkins that, you know, that they had a they, they did have an extensive playtest cycle and it was very public with fifth edition. And that yeah. that was clearly a benefit to them. So capitalizing yeah. on that experience is certainly good. And they're, and they're so in the um, in the draft uh, document uh, that they've released so far, which is just for character backgrounds. They're very right up front. And the thing that popped out at me more than anything else is right up front. It says the material here uses the rules in the 2014 Player's Handbook, which is, of course, fifth edition, the 2014 Player's Handbook, except where noted. So at least, and I don't know if that's going to uh, continue to be the case, but at least in that draft document, they're very much saying that unless we say otherwise, the fifth edition rules are still in effect. And I think in their promotional video, they've said, you can still use the old stuff. You can use your old characters. It's going to be back compatible. You can use old adventures and supplements and all that kind of thing. And I yep. don't remember uh, uh, the, the makers of D&D ever saying that since the first to second edition switch, right? The first to second edition switch was very much the same thing where it was supposed to be mostly compatible and you were supposed to be able to maintain your characters. Third and fourth and fifth have all, like, I remember when third came out, you know, Paul, you and I just did an episode about the, the, that switch a couple months back, actually. Yep. Yep. Um, when third came out, they said, I guess they. I guess third had that document where I said, "Here, here's how you can convert second to third edition characters. It's going to be a lot of work. There's going to be quite a bit of yeah. overhaul." Yeah. And then when 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 uh, when fourth came out, they said, "You absolutely cannot convert third edition characters. It is impossible. Don't even try." I mean, conversion, except for third to fourth, conversion seems like has always been a priority for them, right? Even look at Pool of Radiance, where you can play a an a digital version of D and D and enter your paper characters, right? They made that a priority of like, here's how to take your paper characters from your D&D game and get them into the computer game so you can play D&D by yourself, uh, which as we know is itself a whole topic of how to do that. But <laughs> now uh, playing Thursday nights, Pool of Radiance with, the, with the Dan Plays games from the older times. There you go, there you go. <laughs> um, I, even, I even noted like, we, you know, so I have some notes here and I think you have some notes. We, we both looked through the, PDF that's been released so far, which is branded just the first of many, I believe, and and they're slowly gonna roll out these playtest documents. Um, I noted in this one there was a section where they talk about ability increases coming from backgrounds, and there's a specific note that says if you're gonna use this rule, it supersedes this other way to get ability increases in fifth edition. Don't use both, or that will break your game. Right, right. And I was like, that's. Right very clever that they're specifically noting like here is a case where fifth edition and i'm going to call it six i'm going to just call it six for the rest of the show dan i hope that's okay thank you uh, what a relief <laughs> what a relief thank you so much paul there you go um the this is around. a case where fifth and sixth definitely contradict each other and you got to choose a horse mm -hmm. And and that's a that's a direction that they stepped in right with their last uh, big supplement to fifth edition. Uh, the, the name escapes me at the moment. Um, probably someone in the chat can tell me. There you go. Thank you. Tasha's yeah. cauldron of everything. Tasha's something. Yeah, yeah. Something about. Yeah. yeah. Tasha's got a lot of stuff. Um, yep. Okay. Go on. It's going to show up in the chat. <laughs> Three, two, one. Probably right there. Um, <laughs> is it that, that was right? They were going to change the way that. You know, for you know, for cultural sensitivity purposes, they were going to change the way that uh, races work. I personally, um, you know, and so that that's clearly a, a change. That's clearly a shift from where ability bonuses are coming from. Um, I mean, I, I'm a little bit surprised they still get the word 
race in the document, actually. Like, I kind of thought that, I, okay, everybody's giving me fake names of that book in the chat. Uh, don't, don't crack me up, you guys. Uh, so I, I'm actually a little bit surprised that they 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 are still using the word race. Actually, um, you know. I, however, I gotta I gotta admit it, it seems I don't see really a much better word for that. You can call it species. Yeah. I guess some people said want to call it folk or people. Um, the the but, problem uh, is, you know, in the past, right with fourth edition, they tried to change some terminology, and that was also a major. I thought a major point of contention with fourth edition, right? Mm -hmm. Is like they tried to change. Yeah key terminology that people were used to and they got a lot of flack for it. So I bet there's a probably, mm -hmm. my guess is if you were a fly on the wall in the design room of Wizards of the Coast, you would hear that there's a lot of angst over like, oh, I, we don't like this word, but we're kind of married to it. Like it's been around so long we don't think mm -hmm. we can get away from it. Right? Yeah. Now, now yeah. I will point out some, here's something that jumped out at me about this document, right, is one big emphasis on backgrounds, right? Backgrounds almost seem more of an important choice than other choices you're making. In fact, no classes in this document, right? They chose, now, now maybe it was just that would have made the document too big and that's just how they're logistically breaking it up. I could, I could see that, I could buy that. Maybe that's the reason. But I think it is interesting for the first taste, what they decided to roll out was backgrounds, races, save classes for later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can kind of see that. Um, you can kind of, that kind of sort of makes sense from a verisimilitude point of like, here's the things that you are that you don't. That I mean, in real world, you don't get to pick, and then here later on, you'll have your career. And then in the real world, you do get to Whoa. pick. Um, but I think, but I think picking is what this is all about, right? Like, so that's really yeah. interesting. Here's okay. Here, now, now I'm going to start picking apart this document because I found this very, very interesting. Um, I would say at a high level, one of the things, some of the things that jumped out at me, right, in this, because I think it talked about, uh, sorry, I'm going to look it up because I have the document here, um, right? So it talked about like the first page one, determining your origin. And it starts with, after choosing your character's class, it's time to consider the character's origin. After choosing oh, their class. Okay. Yeah, all right. Okay. Which, all right. Which we My don't bad. have here. We don't have their class, but apparently we're just going to take it as a given. You've already chosen their class. Now you're going to choose race and background, which is, that's an huh. interesting order of operations for me. That's not that, that's... usually the order of operations I go in, but okay. Um, and then also I would point out that there is a lot of focus in this document about customization, right? Yes, it lists nine races. Let me just call that out. Nine. That seems like a lot. Mm -hmm. Nine races. And then specifically talks about, and now here's, a, here's how to mix them up. Here's how to make a character. Here's how to customize character who's a descendant of two races yeah so that there's a sidebar there that jumped out at a lot of us and some of us in the chat right now are talking about that and so traditionally so so notably what they've gotten rid of is they've gotten rid of the any conversation of half-breed races so mm -hmm. we're familiar since since from from first to fifth edition that there were options for a half elf options for a half orc have been in the rules and this has scrubbed that away. Uh, maybe people don't want to talk about that or you know, think about the possibly uh, dark, uh, you know, background too much of those kinds of cases. So now the option: you can either be an elf for a player character, you can be an orc. Period. End of story. And that sidebar, there's a sidebar about mixing them. But truthfully, if you boil it down, what that says is you can you can declare. It's up to you, player. You can declare that you have parents from two different races. 
pick one of the races for all the mechanical stuff. And then if you want to describe visually a mix, go ahead and do that, right? But truthfully, mm -hmm. that, that mixing rule just comes down to uh, pick one for all the actual in-game stuff, and then you can describe it however you want. And I'm like, yeah, so it's, it's very gentle. It's very gentle. It looks, yeah. to my yeah. eye, it looks like they're really just trying to avoid um, any kind of um, possibly upsetting topic around that. Okay. Well, I can see that. I can see that. But I will, I will go on to point out also, once we get into backgrounds, there is also a section here on backgrounds and how to customize the backgrounds, right? Yes. Um, now, and, and that, my, my interpretation of that is fundamentally is uh, you can do whatever you want, right? They have, a, they have a big list of backgrounds, but it, I mean, the truth is the background, here's what the backgrounds are giving you from what I see. You get three uh, ability score points, right? So you roll your roll your abilities or whatever, and then you're going to get three ability score points to put where you want. You're going to get two uh, skills. You're going to get one tool and one language and one feat. And I guess we should talk about that. And the truth yeah. is, the background rules say you can just put them wherever you want. You can put those absolutely wherever you want. Explain why they're going where they are because of your background. And I guess if you don't want to think too hard about it, pick one of these backgrounds and that'll tell you where to put them. But okay, let's, the let's, core, you can put them wherever you want. Let's step back from customization for a minute and talk about feats. But then I, I want to come back to the customization angle because yeah. I think that's really interesting. But let's talk about feats. Yeah. What, are, what are your thoughts on the inclusion of feats here? Well, my understanding in fifth is that if I look in the fifth edition player's handbook, clearly the whole idea of feats is an optional variant. It's in this chapter that says the DM may possibly tell you for your campaign that you're using feats, maybe, but it's optional. Now, here in this document, it comes out and says every character gets a feat when they start out, period, end of story. So to me, that looks and, and I've been uh, mystified all through the fifth edition era about exactly how many people were playing with feats. But this seems to make that a core rule all of a sudden. Um, and it's distinguishing them as here are first level feats you can get at first level. Uh, is that a switch or am I crazy? Yeah, no, that's absolutely a switch. In fact, and I will say yeah. the group that I was playing with that played fifth edition, we originally played without feats. We then tried playing with feats and universally decided we did not like the feats and removed them back. Interesting. Interesting. Um, and the problem we had with feats, frankly, is that many of them were good. Some of them were overpowered. And the specific problem of mixing and matching is that you had some players who were going to find combos that just, you know, broke the game a little bit. Right. And this, this brings me right back to yeah. what I wanted to put a pin in, which is this customization. So there's all this customization in here. And I feel like we're really pushing towards that problem of, you know, of a, of a, of a, you know, pick from a smorgasbord, a sort of, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> buffet of your buffet of mechanics, pick the ones you want for your character, you have complete customization ability. And I think as you posted on your blog, like anytime you, you, you start going down that road, you open the door to just, uh, you know, impossible to test, right? Impossible to test every variation. Ergo, some variations will be super broke. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I had that. It, it feeds into my uh, the point by systems are always broken uh, thesis. Um, right. Yeah, aren't they pointed yeah. that way though? Don't you feel like like I mean, here it is. Like we not only we've abstracted abilities into the concept of feats. You can pick any feat you want. 
you can build your background, you can write, like you can customize, customize, customize. I, I want I want to say yes and the 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 the, the distinction I will I will say is is, is feats are at least uh, binary choices they're, they're labeled mm -hmm. they're 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 qualitative right you either have it or you don't the the systems that I'm convinced that are always always broken are um, this this ability is worth five points and your armor is worth two points and it's worth three points for each your your weapon length and you can, mm -hmm. you know that mm -hmm. kind of like I'm paying points for numerical adjustments are the kinds of things that I find to be always, always broken. I mean, I use feats in my own original D&D game, right? Yeah. And uh, a couple of minutes ago, um, you know, Hobo Ogre was saying, you know, you could just take the original four classes and throw in some feet, uh, you know, some feats to taste and you can basically make whatever you want. I do actually, that's the one thing from third edition that I was really excited about. I thought did actually make sense. And I actually have worked into my, original D&D game. And for me, I call it feats, but it's basically to wrap away, wrap all these boosts that Gygax gave fighters as far as extraordinary strength and weapon specialization and sweep attacks and bonuses against giant monsters and, you know, tracking and that kind of stuff um, was, a, was an elegant way to offer those options in a menu. Um, I just, I, so the I, thing I worry I, about... Yeah, the thing I worry about feats is that where we saw them break down are cases where they just open the door to a multitude of options and the specific combinations. If you take this feat and that feat together, mm -hmm. it breaks the game in this way. I'll, I'll even point out one of the feats listed in this document is you get a spell. Here you go. First level spell that you can Interesting. cast. Interesting. Right? And huh. so now they've opened the door huh. for like, well, what for every spell that, it, you know, as you and I both know, the, the more books they publish, the longer these spell lists are going to get. Yeah, right. Yeah. Spells will and, and be introduced. The feet, cause issues. Yeah. And, yeah, and I agree. And and the longer the feats list will get too, because so our experience yep. with third is that every every single supplement was giving you know more options for characters because that's something that people want to buy. Um, and there were more feats and more feats and more feats, and they weren't play tested. And if we said you know anything that's D and D branded is is good at our game, bam, the game was actually broken. Um, if there's if if there's a if there's a small enough set that they were actually play tested, that's one thing. But if you're rolling out another dozen feats every month, then that will I agree that will sure to be broken, no doubt about it. Yeah, I think that's again. I don't see any problems immediately in the in the text as written, but I feel like these doors are being opened, and that's 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 my yeah. my spidey sense is that's the direction we're going. Um, and let me um, let me make yeah. one more critique about feats before we move on from that. So mm -hmm. again, you know, when when third edition came out with this idea of feats, which to me just wraps up, you know, options that were all over the place in, in first edition, I, I was really excited about it. Partly because it very much conjured um, the uh, the Irish uh, myth cycle of the Tarn, which is the uh, the story of Cahulin adventuring in Ireland, and it was very key to that story that Cahulan was trained in a bunch of special fighting feats. He had the fight, the, the feat of fighting on top of a round boulder and the, the feat of fighting in a river and the feat of using the, uh, the guy Bolga, the special magic spear that he has and on and on and on. Um, and one thing that I noticed about the, and I, I one thing I noticed about the, the feats that they've got in this document is that, um, and, and for me, what I, you know, as a, as a, amateur game designer i found if i don't pay attention to the part of speech that i'm using the label stuff i always wind up regretting my misattention later and the thing about the feats in this document is they're not verbs they're nouns right they're not the, the feats here are not things that you that you do they're things that you are like 
crafter or healer or lucky or musician, right? And to mm -hmm. me, that you were just talking about when they when they revise terminology, that actually bothers me that the feats aren't things you do like you know uh, fight extra, you know fight extra fast or you know ex you know be extra accurate with a bow or be able to do this or be able to do that. Um, like they were, uh, like I'm more familiar with in third edition, but they're all nouns and they don't feel like feats to me now. They just feel like background elements, right? Yeah. I'm a crafter, I'm a healer, I'm a musician. Those aren't feats, those are, those are occupations. Um, <laughs> so that, to me, that feels like they've redefined the whole idea of what a feat is and I'm just have a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth about that. Now that's, that's, that's Dan's niche complaint for the day. <laughs> all right, all right. I, I, okay. I, I hear you. I feel like like ha like at least half of them are ones that would be easy to invert, right? You're like, well, rather than yeah. Uh, yeah. being a tavern brawler, I have the tavern brawling skill or feat, right? Agreed. On the other hand, then Agreed. you have like tough. I'm not sure. Agreed. Yeah. Go, going guess, forward. Yeah. 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 Third edition had toughness. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, going forward, I'm worried that this is going to be, you know, used as, uh, you know, background elements, historical well, elements, background and not elements, right? things you that you do for your background. It is absolutely yeah, but, I mean, part of your background. So your feats are so your background gives you a background, is what we're yeah, saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's it's, it's eating itself up. Uh, isn't yeah. aren't these feats a little bit essentialist, Paul? Don't you think? <laughs> okay. Uh, I want to point out one other thing uh, about the document that jumps out at me, Dan. I'm curious your take on it. Is we have now three spell lists. They have been reduced. We have exactly three types of spells: arcane, divine, primal. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> you missed that. Is that That's I, I, I yeah. mean, really the the primal? Primal. That's I, it. I, they, I they totally boiled it down to three types. Right, so no. you don't have, you're not going to have the Paladin spell list and the Ranger spell list and the Druid spell list, right? You're going to have, you get one of these huh. three spell lists. Either Arcane, okay. Divine, Primal, that's it. Really? Okay, yep. I see that now. Uh, okay, so this is my bias, of course. You know that, like, in my, in my original games, I don't even have clerics. So for me, there's, there's, there's a, ma there's, for me, in my games, there's one magic spell list for wizards, the end. So I usually, mm -hmm. so in these kinds of lists, I look at Arcane spells and then my eyes just shut off after that. So, yeah, so what? Are, what are, so primal spells primal's are like wrap druid up type your concepts of like druid or ranger or any spell that comes from a more natural or feyish kind of background rather than a divine celestial background, right? Hmm. I think you know, hmm. got your 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 spells from studying books, your spells from praying to the gods, and your spells from the forces of nature. So that's a, and that's a reduction I, from what was previous fifth edition. Yeah, yeah. If you open the fifth edition. Um, the fifth edition player's handbook, or as it's called in this book, the 2014 player's handbook. I, I love that they're they're just yeah, right. putting the year number yeah. on it, which is awesome. Good for them. They, they don't want numbers, right? They don't I get anyway, I'm not okay. I'm off that. Um, yeah, I think it's fascinating. Good catch though. I think it's actually Good catch I think it's clever. I think it is actually clever. It's one case where they simplified rather than blew the door open, and I'm happy about that. That's yeah. what I want to see. Simplifications, not uh com complex complexities mm -hmm. yeah kind yeah i i you know I, I agree that's, with you on that oof, yeah yeah that's that's the i like that i like that i'm curious to see where that goes i'm curious if we're still going to see i'm sure we will still see 
spells that bridge the gap, right? There's going to be spells that are on two lists that always, I don't know, even in even in first edition that caused issues, right? Like I'm, I'm watching you play Pool of Radiance and ask, well, what, what spell level is whole person again? The answer is yes. depends. Yes. Depends on whether you're a cleric or a wizard. <laughs> you're right. You're yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like that's uh, a pretty good idea. I, I, I like this... Um, uh, minimalizing yeah. the uh, the spell rosters that seems sure I'd, I, I, that feels in the right direction to me. Yeah, less for that's, new players to parse. Oh, yep, yep, I'm down with that one. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> what else? What jumped out at you uh, on this document, Dan? That we haven't talked about. Okay, so at the very end, uh, right, they've got, they've labeled it uh, like glossary of terms, right? So at the end, they've got glossary terms of like, maybe there's some terms that we're going to slightly refine what these words mean, but kind of buried in there, there's a couple of what I think really interesting modifications to what I would call are like really essential core rules in there. And the one thing, so the, they've got a term they're calling the D20 test. Mm -hmm. Now, so, I mean, what we'd call a D20 roll or a D20 check before, I, I guess? Is that brand new? I think, I, I yeah, I, I think it's just a new label, right? So they immediately come yeah. out and say, D20 test counts for ability checks, attack rolls, and saving throws. Yes, anytime yeah, you roll yeah. the D20, that is a D20 test. And I think that's a labeling system so that later on they can have things to say, this gives you a plus one to all D20 tests. And I don't have to say it applies to ability checks and saving mm -hmm. throws and this and that, but not this, right? Just say, nope. Right. It's just... Right. 20 tests. Yeah. Right. And so so two interesting things there. I think I probably you point you might have pointed one of these out to me first before anybody else is is one they they accept and because because there was a there, there's been a prior episode of this show where you quiz me actually about exactly what the auto success uh, uh, 20 versus auto fail one works for of those three things you just mentioned attack mm -hmm. saves ability checks and because it's Two of them and not one of them, but here they accept uh, that uh, twenty is always an auto success for any of those things, and one is always an auto fail for any of those things. Um, how do you feel about that, Paul? Uh, I'm fine with that, honestly. I I, I get the want, the desire to like just unify it. Like, why yeah. why have it work one way with one kind of role and not the same way with another kind of role? Yeah. 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 I agree. And the other thing that I think is very interesting is it says uh, a D20 test is only warranted if the target is between 5 and 30. So if, <laughs> if you have some kind of skill or whatever that the, um, the, the target number happens to be 2, 3, or 4, do not roll. You are, the rules specifically say you don't roll for that. And if for yeah. some reason there's a target number above 30, it also says you do not roll for that. You just automatically fail. Don't even try to roll a 20. Um, and that, uh, that, you know what, I think a lot of us actually kind of like that, that I guess that folds into their whole, what bounded target numbers or whatever they call it, I, bounded accuracy, I think. Yeah, I, w I would say I like, I very much like the intent there, right? I mean, it's something I feel like I've harped on and included in rules I've written in general. I always sort of have a note there of like, okay, here's, here's some rules for how to roll, a a a, a, a how to, how to, um, here are some rules for how to roll dice to determine an outcome. And usually one of the first things I say in there is make sure you want to roll dice to determine the outcome. There are lots of cases where you shouldn't mm -hmm. do that, right? There are plenty of cases where like, it's just, just, it just happens. Just, it just happens or it just doesn't happen, right? The answer is just yes or no. And it's obvious. Don't bother with the dice. 
Uh, it's interesting to me that they're tying it to very specific numbers. Um, is that okay? I think it's probably fine. I feel like they're gonna probably gonna be cases where people are like, oh, the rules say that I have to roll this because the target number's a five, even though I have a plus seven on my roll, right? Or whatever it is, right? There's, there's still gonna be edge cases there where probably the answer should be don't um, roll. But uh, but it does make I mean it does make that very niche difference of do you roll the one or not right so if if I've got a plus seven bonus right if the target's four I automatically succeed but if the target's five I have to avoid the natural one. Um, I I suspect there's going to come up things where yeah. you're going to have stuff like well this spell changes the target number by this amount and you're going to go ha ha got it below a five. Now it's auto success, and, I, and there's no chance of failure. No, never going to roll a one because you don't have to roll for anything that has target number five or less, or less than. Five. I will say on the less upper end, right? This number, yeah, this number thirty is interesting because that goes back to um, with third edition. Uh, the DM guide had an optional rule that said um, you could treat natural twenties as if it was a thirty. That's the be the best you mm. can possibly do is effectively roll a thirty on a die. And with the statistical, you know, and, and then if you go back to first edition, um, they had these re repeating 20s on the table um, that, that mathematically made a 20 basically work like a 25, actually. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with the statistical stuff, the, the statistical kind of work that I do, you know, I think about S-curves a lot, uh, you know, success, real world probability successes really look like S-curves or sigmoid curves, they call it. And, mm -hmm. you know, at the top, and, you know, the, the, or at the bottom end, your ability to succeed, you know, it never, it never just, it's not a line, right? It gets a little bit lower, a little bit lower, a little bit lower. And at some point, the chance is not zero, but it's not at one in 20 either, right? And so at least it's probably not going to happen a whole lot, but some of us are bothered at the prospect of I'm in a game, I'm in the wilderness, I launch an arrow like two miles away. And I guess I should roll a d20, and if I get a 20, I can hit something from like a mile away, which doesn't make sense. So I don't mind this. There's clearly a point where the chance is less than 5%, and we're just, at that point, we're going to scrub it off and say, you, 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 you can't act, we're going to assume you can't actually succeed at that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's good to have bounds. I, I, I definitely agree. Yeah. Um, yep. I don't think I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's a bad rule. Um, I just, I guess I would. I'm worried that it will be taken too literally. Uh, it'll be drawn yeah. as too too hard a line, and I think that that DMs should have a little more nuanced ability there to draw the line and say, in this case, no roll, which I think they still do. Frankly, I mean, yeah, it's always I agree. DMs I agree. to say roll or don't roll, yeah. right? Always there. So yeah, I agree. I agree. Yep, I don't mind that. Now, I, also in that that rules glossary, they also have tweak, and in some ways, I can't even detect what the tweaks are. Um, they've got uh, they, they restate the critical hits rule, and I don't see. I can't actually detect any difference, but there's probably some technical technical detail that someone's tripped up over in the past or argued about. And then they have a restatement of grappling because Paul, the grappling rule is just is just aces, right? And so I'm sure that there, no one's ever had any problems with grappling recently in any edition. I mean, that surely never... that is a word that is new enough that they could divorce themselves from it. Like, just maybe just give us, give us a whole new term for it, wizards, because, 
you oh, every time someone, I, I feel like there's a fair number of DMs who have that little bit of PTSD of every time the word grappling comes up, they go, oh, oh, okay, get out the charts. If, if viewers would like to see more about grappling, please go to our prior episode, our hour long episode about grappling, because it's sufficiently prickly that we spent a whole hour chatting about it in prior editions. D&D Grapple Edition. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So they're so they're they're still, you know, we're still we're, we're still trying to grapple the grappling rule into submission. It hasn't happened yet. It's a powerful oh. opponent. <laughs> um, you know, I w I wanna say at a high level, you know, you and I are are nitpicking this one document quite a lot because frankly the only thing we have to go on at this point, right? All we have is some marketing speak in a video and this document, which is uh, some alterations to fifth edition. Um, I don't know. I think my my gut says it's still much too early to tell about sixth edition. And frankly, even the way it's presented, I think is good on them for saying like, well, this is a playtest version. Some of the stuff in here might be terrible, and we might decide not to do it. Right. So, and I think that's very clever. Um, I think that's that's the right way to do it. Um, and I'll be curious to see as it rolls out. I'll be curious to see what else they roll out, and I'll be curious to see how the players take it and what things work in games and what things don't. I agree. I agree. And I and I, you know, I, I am actually fond of them saying that we're building on the prior edition instead of completely scrubbing it. I, I, you know, I think previous uh, tenures at uh, at Wizards of the Coast have been like we absolutely want to. It's, it's kind of funny. We're kind of getting mixed signals about whether they want to put a stake through earlier editions or welcome it. And I'm, I'm sure that in the boardroom, they have mixed feelings about that as well, as they want That's... old players to welcome, but they also want them to you know, buy the new stuff. And that's always going to be the case, right? I mean, that's, that's, yeah. that's like, it is so easy for us to look at a large corporate entity from the outside and say it has one unified, you know, purpose or one unified intent and everyone in that company absolutely agrees on everything they do, which is nonsense, as we all know, because any of us have worked for any, any largish company or any company of any size really will immediately know that you get a certain number of people in a room and they disagree on stuff. So I'm sure internally that there's lots of disagreement. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I want to, I want to pick on one other thing here though, that, that's, that struck me as interesting, Dan. Um, the title of this document, if I go all the way to the top, the title of this document is Unearthed Arcana 2022. Isn't, eh. isn't that interesting that they've called it Unearthed Arcana? I think, I know it's so funny because I was just writing uh, a, 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 an article for my blog about the, the original Unearthed Arcana. So it's kind of funny that this name was popping up for me in multiple and, places on the same day. And I think that's generally the, 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 the brand that they put all of their draft trial stuff under. Maybe someone in the chat can clarify that. Because do, yeah. doesn't the original book, Unearthed Arcana for first edition D&D, &D, right. isn't that often regarded as like, the initial beginnings of what would become second edition. Interesting. Um, that might be new. That might be a different perspective no. than I'm used to. Oh, um, really? I thought I thought I remember reading that online. This notion that like what Gary was putting in on Earth Arcana was a lot of his ideas for of what should be in a new edition of D and D, uh, and eventually uh, what would what D and D second edition would have been if Gary was in charge. 
that could be a legitimate perspective. I mean, I, I can't I can't get away from my perspective that it was mostly stuff that he'd already published in Dragon Magazine, and they were having a, a money crunch. So, frankly, the first thing that popped up in the UA is let's scoop up some Dragon Magazine articles and make a cash grab before we go bankrupt. Is what's but, but maybe that, maybe that's yeah. maybe that's an unkind way of thinking about it. You know. And then and then immediate and then Gary being immediately booted from the company right afterwards too. So it's it's a pain. Right. It's a but but I think for years I think they they've been using Unearthed Arcana as the branding for their trial yeah. non official yeah. type rule stuff. That is that is very interesting. I think and and interesting to me that that history of it. I think that like yeah that's yeah. you know it was the last book that they shoved out the door yeah. to some money grab like that's yeah you know. It's, I guess it's not a title that anyone is like holding close to their heart and saying like, "No, you're 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 despoiling the name of Honor's Arcana." Like, no, no, Honor's Arcana is rocking. I, I mean, it, it, you know, we're, it, it's, <laughs> yeah, it, it's been you know, it's been a number of years, and I, I mean, it, my, you know, my, you probably you and myself as as first edition players, we have some scar tissue about issues that newer players do not recognize. I don't know if anybody yeah. can possibly sympathize with that. But um, uh, yeah, if you if you were just transported from 1985 to now, uh, you'd probably be pretty surprised at what what the title Honor Arcana is being used for. Um, well, Dan, true. Um, we we're, we're we're very close to running out of time here. What what um, any any final thoughts on one D and I mean, I think it's super interesting. I mean, I, th I think it's super interesting that they 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 publicly. Um, uh, you know, show what they're doing. They're showing their work. We respect that. That's great. Um, they're giving an opportunity for feedback. They're trying to get more people into the game. Uh, that's great. I, 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 I do have to really, really hope that they get off this one D&D title because it's, it's potentially deadly for, um, I think, old school representation online. So I really hope they get off that and just call it 6th edition. Just call it 6th edition as soon as they possibly can. Um, and um, that's the, I guess that's the that's the main thing on my mind is I just I, I really want that to uh, to be altered and 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 I and I'm amazed that they're just trying the exact same claims they did with fifth edition they're trying the exact same claims to we're not going to give it a number and it's going to be the universal edition and no one will distinguish it again and I'm amazed they're trying to uh, once more upon the uh, unto the breach about that yeah I mean it's very it feels to me very clear when. The marketing team has the reins versus when the design team has the reins, right? There are certain okay. choices yep. here that I feel like, well, that's the marketing team. <laughs> they yep. definitely came up with that idea. Um, I, I'm hoping that there's that there's somebody exasperated at Wizards of the Coast going, really? Didn't we just do this? It didn't work last time, guys. Why do you think it's going to work this time? Uh, yeah. it, it also reminds me of like operating system names, right? Is that is that 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 can't be consistent, right? So they we've gone through cycles with Windows of like it's going to be a number and then a year and then a name and a number, right? Windows one and two and three and now two thousand and Millennium and XP and seven, right? And yeah. there's yeah. a there's a different marketing group in charge. It's never exactly right, and they keep doing this. Um, yeah. treadmill of strategies about how we're going to identify it. Yep. Can't can't blame them for trying though. Um I don't I don't feel burnout. I don't feel like oh no another edition already. Like I mean in yeah. fact they're very I think it's very clever 
that the text calls out that the original fifth edition player's handbook is from 2014. They waited 10 years to make the next version. That seems a reasonable yeah. amount of time to me. Um, yeah, I see that. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, you know, I can't, I can't blame them for any of it. Um, so, so I'm not, I'm not upset about its existence. There are definitely some choices in this document where I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound great to me, but maybe I'll be proved wrong. We'll see. Um, I'm not chomping at the bit to go and start up a campaign of fifth edition plus Unearthed Arcana 2022. I don't know about you, Dan. Are you going to, you going to get out there and test it? Uh, I, 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 unlikely. I have enough on my yeah. plate as well. I, I still <laughs> haven't quite exactly figured out how to play original D D correct, so I'm still working on that. Well, viewers, <laughs> if you are playing Fifth Edition plus Unearthed Arcana 2022, if you're rolling in these play tests to a campaign and actively using them, we would love to hear your thoughts. Um, like, like. All of our musings, I think, are just so much armchair generalism. Like, I want to hear the real reports. Tell me on the battlefield, how's it going? How's the campaign going? What rules work? What rules don't? Leave us some comments here in the video. Tell us how your campaign with the new beta test rules are going and what you like and what you don't. We'd love to hear it. I'm sure it will be a topic we return to many times over the next year and a half. Yeah, and tell us, uh, I, I'm certainly very interested in that, and we'll keep an eye on uh, what the next announcements from Wizards are, and tell us in the comments if this is interesting to you and you want to see us look at uh, the, the the other uh, information that comes out later about 1D&D, or hopefully 6th edition is what they'll call it very soon. Um, and of course, remember that you can like, follow, and subscribe to us, The Wandering DMs. We are on YouTube and Twitch and Twitter and Facebook and GitHub, and stuff goes up on GitHub, and we're on TikTok, and we have the handle Wandering DMs on all the sites, so look for us there, and you'll get updates on upcoming shows. If you prefer to listen to our show in audio-only podcast format, you can do so. Those podcasts are available on our website at wanderingdms.com, uh, as well as on various podcast carriers, such as Google Podcasts and iTunes and Spotify and Stitcher and Pocket Cast. If you're listening to us right now on one of those other sites, please take a moment to rate and review the show on that site. That helps other users of that site find our show, and we really appreciate it. Yeah, it really does. And of course, huge thanks to our patrons who support the Wandering DMs show. Uh, if you'd like to join them, please visit patreon.com slash wandering DMs, and you'll see discounts on merch, uh, monthly behind-the-scenes stuff we try to do, and uh, access to our Discord server, where, like we said, the conversation is always ongoing, and we get uh, news updates from uh, our patrons, and we give uh, news updates of what's coming next. Some great questions that feed into upcoming shows and our blogs and things like that. So we hope you'll join us there. And of course, every Sunday we have our live after party chat. So in about 10 minutes, Paul and I will be there and we can continue the conversation about what your uh, ideas of sixth edition are. Uh, and we hope that you'll be there. Um, we'll go, we're both there today, right, Paul? Yeah, absolutely. I'm expecting this is a fairly hot topic amongst our patrons. So I'm sure that uh, there will be some lively conversation. So come on, join in. Uh, you know, drop a dollar in the bucket and. Uh, on to the discord and uh, have a chat with us i'm sure it'll be interesting yeah uh and of course uh look for our other shows i'll be back uh pool of radiance uh i'm I, i'm getting some traction i i think i'm about halfway through at this point actually so i'll be back late thursday night eastern time uh for more pool of radiance as my characters level up and i was pretty successful last week so hopefully i can uh keep the uh keep the inertia going and um, uh, we'll be back next Sunday. I think next Sunday you'll be wandering. I'm not going to say where. Probably Paul's going to be wandering. Yeah, might, so before, I, I don't know where he's going to be. <laughs> Tune in so, to find so, out. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, there's one other, there's one last comment from uh, a viewer here that I'm going to put on uh, on screen here before we get out of here. And that is uh, NAD, a little while in the chat, um, said, uh, you both should act out the grappling rules in real time. <laughs> huh? and only, yeah. Only, yeah. only after we get onto the merch store, the Wandering DMs uh, logoed unitard. Then, then only then <laughs> we have to the grappling rules. I am not. I'm not entirely opposed to the suggestion. Thank you very much, NAD. Hope we get together. We can make that happen in the in the branded unicorns. Anyway, I think we're out of time. So do yeah, not are. forget, viewers. Thank you for the suggestions. But remember, we are live every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. So we do hope that you'll join us again next week for another thought-provoking discussion. We'll see you then. Bye, everyone. <laughs>